Wait. Wait a second. Are we leaving? Yes. Why? I, I have like the world's hugest crush on him. So I don't really. Well, I know. Then we need to let him see how in demand you are. Always remember, boys want what other boys want. Right. Are you Lily? <laughs> That's a cute costume, Lil. But you know, I actually, I was gonna ask you this because I've been seeing these all over. I mean, this is an Aztec party. You know, this, so this statue's not really fit because those are from Easter Island, which is like 2,000 miles away, as you probably know, in Polynesia. Wait, you know, Natalie, like you're too smart. Boys don't like girls that are too smart. Right, right, God, I hope Colby didn't hear me say that. <laughs> Shelly, you really know all the tricks. How do you do it, you know? I mean, with Colby here and with Oliver asking you out, it's like, we might both lose our virginity this year. Yeah! Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? My fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 79, The House Bunny. Listener request number five. Oh yeah. Why don't you tell everyone who the listener request is from? Uh, from my sister, Brittany. Whoa, we're revealing who that is. That's right. She gets a special shout a out. A peek behind the curtain, if you will. Uh, it's almost like doxing. She's been point. involved in some of the greatest moment shenanigans, including uh, attending the Kesha concert at Pride. Right, the subject of our... Well, part of the subject of our very first... Give us a second. Right. So She probably doesn't fall under our typical target demo, seeing as she's probably only ever seen maybe seven of the movies <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> yeah, um, not even really 100% clear if she actually listens to the show. Uh, yeah, I think she's only listened to a couple of episodes. She's just starting to get on board. Although, a big fan of pop music. Well, she did get the request in, which was really the only requirement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what can we say? Uh, 2017, winding down. Um, this is going to be our last listener request of 2017. Uh, don't worry. Uh, we still have a few to get through. They will be coming in the beginning of 2018. We are going to do a couple more episodes, though, so get excited for that. Um, a lot of anxiety uh, as we kind of close in on the end of the year, as you and I have started putting together our early top lists of 2017. Yeah, I mean... It's going to be tough. It's a good problem to have whenever yeah. you're trying to narrow down your lists. And at this point, uh, with still a lot to see, and so there's some definitely some question marks. I had a, 
written down 23 movies. <laughs> so that's a good year. And, yeah. And I even gave you a, about five or six examples of things that we saw oh, that, that we would like. normally make right. a top 10, top 15 kind of list and have no business in that group. It's going to be fun for me to make a top 10 list where I can actually exclude some movies that I liked because the last few years it's like... I don't know. In those eight, nine, ten spots, <laughs> nah, I didn't really care. Yeah, I mean, uh, for anyone out there feeling like 2017 was not a good year in movies, then you're just not seeing yeah, the you right can stuff. Fuck off! I think there was a lot of quality this yeah, year. Yeah, no, I, I will say, I think I said it to you the other day. I mean, we go and see a lot of movies. You more than me even but for the most part i'm i'm not too far behind you usually i mean a lot of just forgettable movies and this year was the first time in quite a while that just several movies that really either had an impact on me or i just found engaging like or i walked out of the theater and i was like wow like i really liked that uh a lot of years where Probably 85% of the movies that I go see, zero impact on me. <laughs> well, sometimes you have a hard time understanding them. That's true. It's um, because I'm not very smart. But <laughs> All right, well, let's table that for now. Because right. It's really irrelevant to this movie. And <laughs> not one of the best movies of its given year. 2000 well, and something. 2008. Okay. Yeah, well... You know, last year we did a Give Us a Second Best and Worst of 2016. I wouldn't be surprised if... You see something some, like that yeah, pop so, up again? Something like that. So people will, will get our full take. And and I, I mean, I, I would say that we've already laid the groundwork for that kind of being like a an extra long Give oh, Us a yeah. Second. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, we've already said 23 movies at least being talked about. <laughs> no longer than 45 minutes, though, I would say. Well, we'll see. It's like four hours <laughs> <Right>. long. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, The House Bunny came out in 2008, um, which seems insane to me, because it felt... Older? Yeah. Yeah. I It felt like a movie that would have come out in like 2003. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that I saw The House Bunny in theaters, and yet I have no actual memory of doing so. It's tough. This movie was actually reminding me of, an, of another movie... Uh, which I couldn't recall what it was at first, and I kind of had to do some internet research. But there was a movie that came out in like 2007 starring Amanda Bynes called Sydney White. Did you ever see that? No, I've never even heard of uh, it. Yeah, well, not surprisingly, it's uh, garbage. But it, it's kind of in that she's the man vein, and like the, or, it's just like ridiculous, like uh sorority stuff going on and it's something kind of similar to this except she lives with dudes and it's also kind of based on <laughs> and it's not she's the man I, yeah i know that's the thing you're like wait doesn't this movie already exist and it's called sydney white because it's kind of like snow white and the dudes oh, that she lives with boy. is like these seven you know idiot duds oh, or whatever i got yeah. it uh but you are just like the the premises of these movies Apart from being absurd, it's just like, how do these even exist? Well, the House Bunny was a Happy Madison production. Oh uh, no! Um, you know the Adam Sandler um, movie company, and uh, it kind of fits 
more into that kind of vein of like a Adam Sandler movie or like a grandma's boy or something like that, where it's just like the premise is so ridiculous. <laughs> the comedy is super broad and I guess it kind of stands out because you have a female lead and a primarily female cast, but they're kind of doing that Adam Stan- Sandler, Rob Schneider, David Spade stick, but I with know. all females. It's weird to think about like multi I mean, have you ever million- seen the hot chick? I haven't. The but bench warmers? I don't. Well, that falls into it where you're just like, can you believe that they were putting up like multi-million dollars? For well, these types of and movies. they were hits. A lot I know. Of them. There was just, definitely a run. You sit, you put it on, and you're just like, the, the idea well, maybe, that like a ton of move or a ton of people saw these movies. Well, maybe you know some of the points being made in Idiocracy are making a little bit more sense to you now. Yeah. I mean, we as a culture definitely go through ups and downs, and uh, people were really into this kind of stuff. Yeah. I have to say, although that, it's like, how many people have you met? That you talk to, and they're like, oh, yeah, I saw the house bunny in theaters. Only one, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be surprised yeah. at how many people. They probably see a lot of people don't obsess over movies, and we're talking about a movie now that's almost a decade old. I think like some people probably would just forget that this, well, that yeah. they saw this movie or that it existed, and you know, they move on with their lives. We, on the other hand, fixate. Oh. On these kind of things. Tend to obsess on something? Yeah. Um, That's possible. I actually find The House Bunny pretty watchable just because I like uh, Anna Ferris a lot, which we talked about in the Lost in Translation. <laughs> you and I talk about not infrequently. <laughs> yeah. She gets brought up a lot. Um, she see, She's kind of... I guess if you're paying attention to certain things, like other than her... Uh, impending divorce with Chris Pratt, she still kind of has like a relevant career going on. She's been on a fairly popular CBS sitcom, Mom or Moms. I don't even know what the actual name is. But I don't know. With Allison Janney, that's been going on for years now. And uh, her podcast is very popular. And she gets like insane guests. Now, a lot of the times it did seem like the connection was through Chris Pratt, but. I mean, she also has worked with a lot of people. Well, yeah. She's had kind of a long career, so she does get those kind of people as well. But um, And she has like a book out now, also the same name oh, as her, her podcast. So, I mean, it seems like she's kind of like getting back out there a yeah. little bit. Do you think it's just like... Well, she had a kid. Like, I don't know how old their kid is, but I mean, you know, she was a little bit off the radar in between like her, you know... I think the last scary movie she was in was like maybe four. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> man, her sitcom run. But yeah, I mean, her in Just Friends is like tremendous. She's oh, hilarious yeah. in that. She's unbelievable. Well, what year did that movie come out, though? Probably around the same time as, as this. Yeah. Like maybe even a year earlier. 2006, maybe 2007. Yeah. yeah. Just Friends is like super underrated. Yeah. There's some um, funny parts in that, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I've always kind of felt like she could have had a bigger career just because she's able to kind of pull off, like, the broad comedy of a house bunny and make it successful. I mean, this movie, as we kind of hinted at, was like a box office success. But also it's kind of... Shocking, really, yeah. You know, there's a little bit more, like, nuance to the comedy of, like, her character and, like lost in translation or something like that where it's like 
it's still kind of like broad, but like more in a restrained way. Yeah, that's fair. I, know, I I just I think she's great, and she's like you know super cute and everything. So that doesn't <laughs> Here hurt. <we> go. <laughs> she shows off her little butt in this one. That's right. Um, <laughs> so that, there was that at least. Yeah, what year did like Scary Movie come out? Like ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it like predates Scream. No, <laughs> I think the Scream come out. No, the first scary movie I think probably was like ninety eight actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It Just probably was like ninety eight or ninety nine. Or no, it had it had to be at least. I was like pretty young when Scream came out. It had to be at least two thousand or two thousand one. Okay, that makes sense. Because I saw it in the theater, and granted, I was not old enough, but I had to have been at least sixteen. Yeah, that's fair. So that would be... I think it came out when I was in middle school. So that so. could have been 99, I guess. All right. Um, <laughs> so we're... I'm going to say mean, 2000 for Scary Movie. We're getting close to her having like a 20-year career. Yeah, and I, I, and I mean, the reason why we bring that up right off the bat, I think, is because without her in the lead role of this movie, this would be a total pile of garbage. Although it is weird that you... Unwatchable garbage. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, it's weird because you're like, oh, Emma Stone. Well, let me run this down for you. It's a, it's yeah. literally a murderer's row of, hot of top 2008 <laughs> talent. No, no, not yeah. just the chicks. We right. got Anna Ferris, Colin Hanks, oh, yeah. a, <laughs> a young Emma Stone, Kat Dennings, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Shooter McGavin McDonald. Oh, that is true. This is star-studded. Beverly D'Angelo. Uh American Idol, American Idol's Catherine McPhee, who's like a total smoke show. Oh yeah, uh, Rumor Willis, uh, all <laughs> not th- a smoke show. <laughs> oh, oh. All three of the girls from the Girls Next Door, the Playboy <laughs> television show, the lead singer of All American Rejects. Oh no, Dan Patrick, Matt Leinart, Shaq, Matt Sean- Leinart, <laughs> Sean Salisbury. Oh yeah. And even the hot mom from MTV's Awkward in a very uh, small part. Oh. So, I mean, pretty star-studded, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, that is star-studded. <laughs> um, this movie was directed by Fred Wolf, uh, who you might know as the director of Strange Wilderness and Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, exactly Scorsese. He's more of a writer in the uh, Sandler & Co., Gotcha. Group like he he was like a writer on like Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two and oh, lots okay. of other terrible movies. Well, he but... probably got some pretty pig uh, paydays then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say pretty pig? Oh, <laughs> pretty big. <laughs> um, yeah, and the writing duo on this one. It's funny that uh, we brought up some of those other movies. Uh, Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith, uh, who were the writers or writers on. 10 Things I Hate About You, The Ugly Truth, Legally Blonde, and She's the Man. Not shockingly. This writing team is not going to get a trashing from me. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times, you know, they would write with, like, another person or whatever. It's funny, whenever I was looking at the credited writers on IMDb for 10 Things I Hate About You, William Shakespeare listed. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a picture and everything. <laughs> you know, not a photo, but a drawing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, this movie... <laughs> I'm just going to read you the uh, kind of the summary line from Wikipedia. 
Anna Fer- starring Anna Ferris as a former Playboy bunny who signs up to the, to be the house mother of an unpopular university sorority after finding out she must leave the Playboy mansion. Now, <laughs> a house mother, I need like more explanation as to what role they serve. I mean, I know what I, role they serve in my mind yeah. as far as like porno. <laughs> You know, and like you know, disciplining the college girls in uh, Scream Queens as well, right? There was a house mother in their sorority, I think. Now I don't know much about fraternities and sororities, but Uh, I I think it's kind of like an outdated thing that may still exist in some places. I don't know. I'm really kind of speaking out. But I really didn't think that uh, there was an older woman who lived in the house full time. With the other sorority girls. I don't know. It's just... I don't know how to answer that. All right, yeah. Because I don't I, know. You don't have to answer it, but... <laughs> I I mean, I've heard of it. I know yeah, that... I know for, I, I know for a term. fact that it existed. Right. Now, does it exist in modern day? I don't know. I mean, I would, just I would there go, through the I would whole guess that it probably year? does somewhere. Yeah, I guess so, but... Yeah, well, I mean... Is Beverly D'Angelo... Living full time yeah, with this yeah. other sorority? I, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that in this movie she's supposed to be like, you know, on some sort of board at yes. the university. Like, she, there's like, you know, multiple jobs going on for her. Uh huh. But I don't know. She's like with the popular group. I didn't right. even, in the cast. I didn't even mention the Mean Girls. Millie. From Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, is the mean the the top mean girl? Yeah, looking good. <laughs> yeah, I like to think of her character as Millicent Gergich on Parks and Rec <laughs> as like a continuation of this character. Oh, from she grew the up. House Bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she dated Chris Traeger right. briefly. Okay, so Shelley is Anna Ferris. Um, she's living in the uh, Playboy Mansion, and she really wants to be having a time. Yeah, she really wants to be like a playmate of the month, and that for some reason hasn't happened yet, even though she's living in the mansion, which, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, seems it doesn't be... seem like they let like random girls that just appear in every pictorial live in the mansion, but I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what requirements you have to meet in order to become a tenant of the mansion, but... Well, I know some requirements. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here, though. They get, like, a pink Prius or something. There's all sorts of little perks that come along with living in the mansion. Yeah, I mean, you don't really know what is supposed to be, like, a joke and what is bo- based on reality. I mean, I've lis- I've definitely listened to and seen enough interviews on E! from the How- uh, Howard Stern show of, like, Playboy <laughs> girls back in, like, the late... Or the 90s into the early 2000s. And I know that a lot of them do live in the mansion. And there is a lot of like wild shit. But, you know, there's also a lot of like boring old man shit back when, obviously, when Hugh Hefner was still alive. And he's in this movie. Like, you know, they had had like these old movie nights that they all had to go to and stuff like that. (laughs) It must get like uh, the Hugh Hefner stamp of approval, the movie. I mean, he's in it. Well, yeah. It's definitely, you know. You don't have him on set being like, this is bullshit. This is not what it's like. Well, they don't portray it in a particularly bad way no, or no. anything. Um, you know, they don't get into any like of the, you know, what I would assume to be. Well, I probably shouldn't even joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go down that road. Yeah. Not today. 
Uh, Polly Shore and Fred Durst not in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. David Spade. (laughs) Ralph Macchio. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some guys obviously figured out like a good formula for just scooping those Playboy bunnies right off of the bus from, (laughs) you know, bumfuck Indiana or shit town Missouri as they like ended up in (laughs) shit town, you know, Hollywood making their dreams come true. So the day after Shelley's 27th birthday, she awakes to find a note who a note that she assumes is from Hugh Hefner and asking her to pack up and leave. I guess the joke being that she's now 27 and that's like way too old for Playboy. (laughs) You know, we later come to find out that the note actually is not from Hugh Hefner. A setup. Yeah, it's it's a crazy plan. It's actually kind of hilarious how little. This setup and this evil person from the Playboy Mansion actually factors into anything. Oh, right. It's like it doesn't even matter in any way, shape, or form. Has very minimal impact on the story. Yeah. Uh, It's barely even referenced later. It's just like Hugh Hefner gets home from some trip and he's like, where's Shelly? And they're like, oh, she left. And then eventually through all off-screen action, he finds yeah. out that it was like a trick and then tells her to come back like towards the end of the movie. And I know. It's just like, did this have anything to do with anything? The motivations of this uh, evil vixen that puts this plan into motion, uh, pretty weak, really. I mean, it seems like it wouldn't have been that hard for her to achieve her goal of whatever. I, is it supposed to be over this same pictorial or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, maybe that's implied. Let's I'm just not say really sure her motivation, her motivation uh, forgettable then. <laughs> yeah, it's unclear. Right. <laughs> so I guess this is all basically just a way to get Shelly out of the yeah. Playboy Mansion. Having, being like of what the age. What a fun age. writing job. It's just like, who cares? Let's just <laughs> get her to this house. Well, obviously. Well, I mean, to be fair. A movie like this lives and dies on its jokes. Now, right. the jokes are terrible, so yes. I would say that it dies. Well, but, financially, it lived. Yeah, it lived well enough, but I mean, the whole story is so irrelevant to this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's basically, how do we get this Playboy bunny to live with some nerdy college girls? And there's kind of vague allusions to Cinderella, even though that's like an insane stretch. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really go that way at all, but... You know, where she's going to, like, inspire these girls to kind of, like, emulate her lifestyle. And it's kind of this push back and forth between what is the right way to present yourself as a woman in 2008? Is it the Shelley way or is it the nerd way? And, of course, neither is correct. It is to just be yourself but to also to have – but, like, to have more confidence. So it's like a combination of the two. Like, Shelley is supposed to kind of be like this – super pretty but like unattainably pretty like kind of like you know unrealistic for Uh, regular standards because she's a playboy girl and then you know these girls that she ends up mentoring you know homely girls like emma stone (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing it's like they're not really homely it's just they have confidence issues yeah i guess i don't know Um, now it is weird seeing uh emma stone you know, knowing what we know now. Well, we talked about this when we watched it. She had right. like a real weird run of movies right after Superbad. Yeah. Including The Rocker. Yes. With Rain Wilson. Um, this. 
And what was the... There was one other one. Like pre-Easy A still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Easy A was like really kind of her breakout. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that really pushed it to the next there level. There was one other one. Oh, I wish I could remember what it was. I could look it up, but uh, that's going to take me a second. So, yeah. Matt, um, you talk. Oh, I can vamp for a second here. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> unmitigated panic. <laughs> oh, no. Um... <laughs> this is all staying yeah, in too by the way back at the uh house i will say this though I well am... she was in zombie land but that's not what i meant because that was like a big movie yeah uh i will say just going through the cast of characters at the house not really a big cat demings fan i don't know what it is i just yeah cat demings is kind of annoying i don't like the way that she delivers dialogue i it's just it's always the same and it just doesn't seem natural to me She's just kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, well, she did appear in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, but I, that's not really what I was thinking of. I feel yeah, like I don't really know what that is. One. Oh, you know what I was going to say, too? It's funny, like, with Superbad and, and Emma Stone, kind of, even though these movies were, like, kind of insane and not great right away, uh, you know, the ones that immediately followed Superbad, the other girl from Superbad getting no work, you know? Oh yeah, the one that she Michael Sarah was dating, right? <laughs> or the one that McLovin ends up. Oh yeah, she had a singular name too, I think. Really? I believe so. Yeah. Well, she did appear briefly in the second season of Party Party Down. Down. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so they threw her that. Um, I can't find it, and I'm not gonna look any okay. further because I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking for. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean the. Okay, so <laughs> I guess we're kind of jumping around here, but uh, yeah, I guess we should get back to the Shelley. It's kind of in a daze upon leaving the Mason, so she sh- she kind of stumbles on this uh, situation. Um, oh, by the way, the uh, the evil girl or the evil playmate or whatever, her way of manipulating the butler to do what she pleases and be a part of the scheme is to like grab his nipples. Right. Yeah. Pretty good stuff there. Male nipple humor is big in the Happy oh, Madison world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so first, Shelly stumbles upon the Phi Loda Moo sorority, which is the popular girls, and they snobbishly reject her when she tries yeah, to join like, them. Yeah, they're like, bye. So then she makes her way down to the Zeta Alpha Zeta house, which appears to be uh, really shitty. Yeah. That gets a dump, and it's falling apart. Uh, the members of the Zeta house are nerds, socially awkward, and they kind of don't really know how to react to Shelly because Shelly is like, she's kind of like that unicorn in movies where you're just like, does this person actually exist in real life? I'm sure they do. You never meet them. Where it's she's hard like, to believe. She's like this playboy girl and she's like super attractive and every, and she's dumb and vapid. But has some quirks. But she's like a heart of gold. Yeah. Like she's not mean at all to right. these like it's socially awkward girls it's hard to hate on her yeah well yeah her personality quirks like the monster voice oh that she does yeah to remember names right now this is something <laughs> to uh britney who re- would request this episode i mean she just would die laughing at this <laughs> i mean you know sometimes you're talking about i had to like hold my laughs in because you were so like annoyed by it right <laughs> um yeah, but I mean, I will say, you know, life would be a lot easier if this is the type of stuff that really made me laugh. 
<laughs> wow. Shots fired. Oh, okay, no. so um, the girls at first are like, they don't know how to handle Shelly. They're like, what? And initially they want to get rid of her because she's not like them at all and they're kind of freaked out by her. But once they see her ability to attract boys, the Zetas change their mind because, you know, even though they have a house full of Catherine McPhee's and Emma Stone's, they're like, uh... Unable to get dates. Yeah. Um, now, I think these girls might be kind of aiming above their heads a little bit, though. I mean, there's got to be dudes a little bit more in their league. They don't have to go. After for... the lead singer of All-American Rejects. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Especially with that house across the street and what they've got to offer. Right. I mean, I think. I mean, I'm sure there's like bowling leagues and stuff they can join. <laughs> bowling. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like um, kind of the inverted take on like a lot of movies like this where the it would be all male leads and everything. And then the girls that they want are always like the most attractive. Girls oh, yeah. Or whatever. And, you know, obviously there, there'll be like one nerd guy in the group. And there's a concession in the storyline where, like, oh, he'll get, like, kind of a nerdiest yeah. girl. But every other guy is going after, like... It's basically... Uh, Revenge an, of the Nerds. Or, or uh, <laughs> everybody wants some. Yeah, I guess. Although, those guys are, like, supposed to be cool, though. Yeah. Oh, these girls are not. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just dawning on me. Yeah, well, this kind of leads us into, like, one of our... There's a lot of, like... <laughs> I'm it, sorry, the girl with a giant metal suit is not cool. <laughs> Whatever that health problem is. What does she have? Excuse like? me, what's the prognosis? Oh, you have to wear this dumpster, basically. <laughs> That's Rumor Willis's character. Oh, yeah. I think she has like scoliosis or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what's the thing from Always Sunny? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, oh, no. God. Okay, so since this movie is like nine years old and very soon to be ten, um, you know, obviously, our culture has kind of shifted and changed and evolved, and you know, people are claiming to be "quote unquote" woke now. <laughs> um, and so, there's definitely some dialogue in this movie that I would deem to be somewhat interesting. Yeah, dare I say? Well, yeah, problematic. <laughs> I know it <laughs> One is one of my weird least too. favorite words. We've talked about it a few times, but it is like. It's funny even just going back to like that 2008, like 2009, 2010 range and how much stuff you can find that just wouldn't fit in now. Like you would think uh, you'd have to go back as far as to like the early 2000s. But really, right here in the uh, around 2010 era, you can find a lot of stuff that you'd be like, oh, wow, I can't believe we're still. Are we even happier now? No. No. Everyone's I, much more miserable and everyone whines and complains about everything. All yeah, the time. I mean, it's, it's only getting worse. It's a horrible nightmare of yeah. a world we're living in. Right. And which is obviously exasperated by the yes. fact that we have like a buffoon for a president. It's and like everything, that thing uh, from The Matrix when uh, <laughs> Joey Pants is talking about, you know, once you actually take the pill and, you know, you get into that world, but you just. Go, now, usually the red pill analogy the other way. <laughs> from this yeah uh, uh I, but i said it's just like but i get what yeah. you're saying though I'd the reality rather... is we live in a terrible place yeah put me back in the matrix everything was fine it's like everything was well i mean obviously not not, not to <laughs> yeah. the victims of 
Right. I'm not. I, I'm not even referring to like the, you know, horrible stuff that seemingly yeah, comes I, out. Yeah, I wasn't talking about that anyway. I was. But just it is talking like about... when you have to like complain about dialogue and characters from movies, and it's just like. Wouldn't it be better if you woke up every day and didn't go online to complain about something? Like, wouldn't that be better not to be outraged all the time? Yeah. Like, wouldn't it just be better now for it you? Is. Right. <laughs> Whoever you are. <laughs> um, but, all right, so guys audibly losing their shit due to Shelly being attractive. This is, like, right whenever uh, uh, she's first becoming their house mother. And, over the top, a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm in the middle of reading a quote here. So then Natalie says, why are, th- why are they acting like that? Shelly says... Boys just being boys. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a legitimate LOL moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not really what they would want like a strong female character to be saying in 2017, though. No, but I mean, I think I would probably stand up and applaud in theaters <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, what a fresh take. Well, it does seem like sometimes it gets pushed so far in one direction or another like obviously we were so far in the wrong direction that like people like harvey weinstein and stuff could exist secretly and people would cover up for him but now it's like we're pushing so far in the other direction that like you're not even really allowed to say that a woman is attractive right (laughs) (laughs) you're not allowed to be attracted to people no i mean i mean how dare you yeah it's sort of offensive, though. Yeah, and I mean, there is a part where Shelley does come out and say that, like, to um, Emma Stone's character, you know, boys don't want you to be smart. Don't be smart. Like, don't. Right. Don't be, now, don't be smarter than the boy. Don't be smart. Don't act like you're smart. Now, and obviously, I think the lesson in the movie is supposed to be that that's not really right. Right. But they don't really hammer that home at the end or anything. There's really kind of just like a gradual... Not at the end, although... Uh, at the part when she's on a date with Colin Hanks, it's being hammered home pretty hard. Well, yeah, she's she's used to like the she. I mean, I think like you'd have to like read into the subtext of the film, but she's used to like the terrible people that would be hanging out at the Playboy Mansion, right? And so she's never been out with like a real guy like Colin Hanks, and then like he's not interested in her being like a vapid idiot. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do have some more quotes, but we'll kind of um, weave them in. Yeah, well, no, I only have one more. Oh, okay. I guess. And that's it involves uh, Oliver, who is uh, Colin Hanks' character. So yes. we'll wait till we get to there. But um, So eventually, I guess they want her to join because she's going to help them get dudes and be cooler. This is when she meets Oliver, who's like an intellectual, and he's like into, you know, donating his time to help the elderly He at like a old person's home and all that stuff he's like just he's just like a generic like oh he's such a great guy kind of right. thing and he's smart and he's good looking or whatever yeah and I so shelly kind of is interested in him <laughs> like dopishly good looking. yeah <laughs> well, he could be worse he could be like tom hanks other son who oh was like a no dirtbag yeah <laughs> allegedly <laughs> the rapper yeah oh no <laughs> <laughs> so Eventually, Shelly does go out on a date with Oliver, and her flirty tactics, uh, which work with most guys, don't work with him. And I guess in a way, though, this actually gets Shelly even more interested in him because he's not just like wanting to fuck her on the first date kind of thing. Classic. And this leads me to my second quote that I wrote down here. Um, Oh, okay. This is after the date, and she's talking to Natalie, who is uh, Emma Stone. 
what if Oliver is one of those guys who wants to have like a conversation with a girl before he hooks up with her? Shelly, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like that kind of humor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically the implication being like, if he's not like a total creep, I think we're monster. Yeah. <laughs> he's a homo. <laughs> right. That's, that that's 2008 shot. logic. I, I know. Again, I, you just wouldn't have thought these jokes would have been being written, being read, being acted out in 2008. Well, I mean, they these jokes were written by women, I guess, but right. I don't know. It I just, mean, I guess. Here's the thing, and I'm just going to say this is kind of an overall justification for this movie. Yeah. And it's please. something that people never seem to want to keep in mind when we have to go back and, you know, overanalyze things from the past because I mean, just as an aside, there's another podcast I listen to and they were talking about John Hughes movies. Uh-huh. Um and they did like the uh an episode on The Breakfast Club and they did an episode on 16 Candles and Whoa. You know, they definitely Sounds like a good show. Uh went into a lot of like hand-wringing over some of the quote problematic things oh, in those no. movies. And there are a lot of things that in 2017 would be completely inappropriate. <laughs> right. But it, they're almost acting as if you know we have to like reevaluate our whole like lives and understanding of these things rather than just accept the fact that just be like we, oh we evolved. wouldn't say this now yeah it's like what this is how people were back then and it wasn't great by today's standards but like that's just the way it was right and we can move on listen we've all evolved and we voted Donald Trump into the office <laughs> so, you know you definitely voted for him oh yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, but I mean, know. this was like, I'm, I do I, not vote. I guess this was like Ferris's um baby because she pitched this film to multiple companies, and Adam Sandler's was the one that plucked it up. But um, you know, it had two female writers and a predominantly female cast, and they were basically going out there and being like, "Hey, we're gonna gross it up in a PG thirteen way, like the guys do." It's not like absurdly over the top it's not like a super bad or anything it's not rated r it's kind of just like one of is those this not rated r no no pg-13 oh it's like a some nudity though yeah i mean a bear butt is not really yeah not earning it a hard r no it i mean even although i will say even by 2008 it was getting pretty rare to even see an ass in two in a yeah. pg-13 so that's, that's a nice treat yeah <laughs> All right, so um, so now that we've addressed the fact that this movie is, you know, somewhat out of touch with <laughs> the current climate, um, we can move on to the plot. So Shelley manages to convince Oliver to go on a second date, even though the first one's like a disaster, and uh, she tries to like get smart really quick. So she like attends classes and reads books and like tones down her appearance. But the second date also ends up being a disaster because she wears glasses that aren't her prescription. She's basically just like, uh, she brings note cards, state facts from like history or something. This is like, it is very like sitcom kind of right. Jokes. Yes. Here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like we, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know, a similar storyline in Perfect Strangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something that you were introduced to for the first right. time recently. Uh, more quality uh, entertainment. So now, obviously, Shelly's like, I don't know what to do. She's like, I really like this guy, and nothing I seem to be doing is working. 
I just keep embarrassing myself. I know. I'll just. I know what I'll do. I'll give a makeover in. to the rest of the girls. So now she turns like the. I don't know. Is it like ten, twelve girls or whatever from like the nerd losers to like all like hot chicks, yeah. basically, which proves that they were all hot to begin with, which is the absurd part of these kind of <laughs> surprise, movies. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she turns Emma Stone from like an even nerdier version of the super bad girl to the Emma Stone we know now, basically. Yeah, and Just Rumor Willis queen. loses like the metal thing, right? And which it turns out that she didn't need anymore, but was wearing anyway, I guess mm-hmm. is like a safety blanket. And then, <laughs> you know, Catherine McPhee was hot to begin with, although her p- character is pregnant, which is uh, strange. Who is the father? Of, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Could be an incest thing. I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> because there isn't any guys like hanging around. They make it a point about how they can't get guys, yet she's pregnant. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened. Now, Colin Hanks... Two dates with uh, Shelly. I understand they're not really hitting it off, but it seems like for how into him she is, I don't know. He'd be, I, although he does keep agreeing to go on dates with her. So, <laughs> Yeah, you'd think he'd be at, like at least, you know. <laughs> 70% in. <laughs> I mean, I know that like as, we're, as like, Modern guys are supposed to act like we're not horrible animals, but I mean... Well, come on. We like to tell the truth, though. <laughs> she is a little smoke show. I'm pretty sure he would have fucked her on the second date, no matter what. <laughs> if he's wasting time to go out with her for a second time, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I'm I don't joking. see anything wrong <laughs> yeah. with what you just said. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, so then um, they throw a big party... And it's a big success, and now, like, Natalie is attracting the lead singer of All-American Rejects, who's not playing the lead singer of All-American Rejects. I just don't have any interest in knowing what his character's name no. was. Um, uh, I will say this. In the spirit of the High Fidelity episode that we just did, uh, top five most hated songs ever for me, that fucking Dirty Little Secret by All-American oh, Rejects. I like that one. <laughs> I definitely um, liked their first album a lot. The only other song I remember is Swing. Um, I think that was from their first album, okay. right? I don't know. Yeah. What was Dirty Little Secret? That was the second album. Yeah. That was like their big breakout. Right. Because they were on like the same label as like Get Up Kids for like their first album. Oh, wow. And then wow. all of a sudden they yeah. were like huge. They kind of started as more of like a, uh, I don't know, what, I guess like a more like under underground emo band. So what do you think of uh, the early interactions throughout this movie between Emma Stone and this dude? Honestly, I don't remember them. Uh, He barely seems like he's in it until, like, they're together. She tries to talk to him a couple times, and she just basically says nonsense. Like, can't (laughs) uh, string together a sentence. It's really sort of this attempt at having her be like, oh, I'm just going to stumble through words because I don't know what to say. And it's supposed to be, like, off-putting. I mean, I feel like if you were a dude and some girl was so clearly nervous and struggling to talk to you, that would be, like, flattering. Is it, But it, maybe it is, though. Because, like, I, I don't really know. It doesn't really seem like there's ever much of a struggle, though. Like, once she becomes kind of the hot version of her. 
Oh yeah, it's like everything's fine, and then they're just together. This is the I thing, guess like with this we don't movie, see the normal uh, conflict resolution. Well, that... that's the thing with this movie; it's such a shotgun blast of plot things going <laughs> that's on, true. and that none of them ever feel like the main point of the right. movie. Because like Shelley gets screwed out of living in the Playboy Mansion, and then everything kind of just gets resolved, and then she can go back, and then but she then decides she stays to leave. anyway. Yeah, then she well she does go back, and then she, she decides to leave again on her own. And then, but like you don't. That's not really the main point of it. And then, like the girls transforming from like the ugly ducklings to the beautiful swans. That's like kind of important. But like, there's a lot of other stuff going on. And then nobody seems to learn anything too much from it. And then there's the romance between Shelley and Oliver, which is kind of the primary focus for a while. But then kind of moves to the backseat for. Natalie and the All-American Rejects guy, which also, like we said, never really feels like there's any... He just kind of is like, yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like he's just like, yeah, uh, I like you too. <laughs> it's just and like, yeah, I'll date you. <laughs> no big deal. I guess like the main conflict, though, ultimately ends up being whether or not the Zetas can keep their charter, and that ends up being like how the movie kind of builds to a conclusion. Is there... Why because the the evil sorority girls are like kind of trying to fuck them over because they right. needed to have a certain amount of pledges. Now before that though, they have the big party, the uh, what, the Aztec party or whatever. Yeah, they're gonna sacrifice a virgin. Yeah, because <laughs> Which, Na- Natalie admits to being a virgin. Right. Uh, public information, I guess, for the party. What? That she's a virgin. I don't know. Like, kind of unclear. Do they announce that to the whole party? Before the uh, quote unquote sacrifice happens, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love I to go to a let's a humiliate a hot chick party. She looks <laughs> damn good uh, in whatever number she's wearing. You're a pig. <laughs> okay. But then they go down the slide into what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a whole scene. So the party's a huge success, and then now the Zetas are like bombarded with girls that want to pledge and they need to have a certain amount of pledges to keep their charter at first before pre Shelley, they were like oh fuck we're not gonna ever get that no one wants to join our nerdy group now they get like all these girls that want to join and now they're reviewing the girls but this newfound popularity has turned them into bitches <laughs> basically they're like shitting on all the girls and they're being like terrible oh my god look at her she's a monster but Again, because this movie really doesn't have any, like, normal ways of doing things. The girls just kind of decide on their own that they're being terrible. Right. And then they're like, yeah. well, it's Shelly's fault. So they blame <laughs> they blame Shelly just as she returns from another, her second unsuccessful date. And they're like, we don't like you anymore. Get out. Because you've made us these terrible people that we didn't like before. And now we are them. We're basically just as bad as that evil sorority. is. Yeah. Now, this is a lot of information to Shelley to process. Yeah, because in her mind, she's all she's done is give them more confidence, kind of give them like basic makeovers and be nice to them. She never told them to be mean. And if anything, the meanness came out of themselves because Shelley's never mean to anybody. Yeah. She's she's a sweetheart. Right. (laughs) But, you know. She gets a call from Hugh Hefner, who has learned of the fake dismissal, and has invite and he's invited her back to the Playboy Mansion, and uh, she was gonna stay with the Zetas. She tells Hugh, right, like, right. 
no, no. I'm good. I'm having fun here. <laughs> and they're like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And she's like, uh. Ah. And she calls back. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm coming home. Right. <laughs> so while Shelly's away at the Playboy Mansion again, the Zetas start to feel guilty and realize that it wasn't their bad Shelley's behavior fault. was not Shelly's fault. And they decide to give themselves another makeover, this time being half Shelly, half themselves. <laughs> and that's ultimately split the difference. The lesson of the film. It's like right. don't be a total pig, but <laughs> pig. <laughs> but don't be well, I'm just yeah, I'm no, it was on that. my mind earlier. <laughs> don't be a total disaster. At least make yourself somewhat presentable. <laughs> it's basically make an effort. the message of yeah, the movie. Come on. Put a little thought into your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like entertaining myself. I don't know if the listeners are gonna no. like this or not, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people are going to think we're very woke after this up. Well, we're talking about what the movie is saying. Right. The movie's <laughs> saying, don't be a total pig. Yeah. At least make yourself somewhat decent looking, ladies. Jesus. Now, it all builds to this uh, finale where we're finally... Uh, the moments come where, okay, you guys don't have enough pledges or whatever because there's a, a swerve, right, in their whole plan. Well, this is where Millie... Gergich from Parks and Rec. Oh, exposes her herself head. to be the true evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like the emperor in Star Wars. <laughs> um, basically, what happens is the popular girls are getting more and more infuriated at the new popularity of the Zetas. Like their party, their Aztec party, conflicts with some event that the popular girls were having and all the people all the kids want to go to the popular party which is now the aztec party and so the old popular girls the moves the muse or moves or however you say that they <laughs> mu they uh the moo moos <laughs> they don't know what to do they're like what the fuck is happening why are these other girls who are losers now like stealing all of the guys and all the popular uh, like all the attention the cool dudes and so after the girls um, decide to draw the pledges out at random instead of judging them, they're going and they end up showing up at Shelly's photo shoot and ask her to come back. And there's a reunion and everyone's oh, yeah. happy. Wow, they um, fit a lot of plot into this movie. Well, whenever you don't actually make the characters learn anything, you just right. have them decide yeah. to be different out of nowhere. They were like, you we need a lot of quickly. story because we don't have a lot of jokes. <laughs> so one of the girls, it's actually, it's kind of funny. They have a character in their group who reminds me of like the Asian girl from Pitch Perfect. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. You have a girl that doesn't talk and like right, lives right. in a closet. Yeah. And then she eventually comes out, and it's, then she's, like, British. Oh, yeah. But she's the one that's going to mail... For some reason, she's been elected. She can't interact in society, <laughs> and but like, we're going to send her hey, to the post office. We know you've been living in a closet for the last six months. Yeah. Could you handle mailing out our pledges? Please. This is super important, right. because if we don't, like, get these pledges in, we're going to be shut down. But uh, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes to the post office, and I guess, like... Uh, there's some guy there that starts chatting her up. And well, she Jerry's daughter set this whole well, thing yeah, up, right? We don't know that at first. Oh, we're building we to that. We just see some guy. Spoiler. Yeah. And he starts chatting Michael her up Murray distracting type. her. <laughs> yeah, a Chad Michael Murray type starts, you know, 
whispering in her ear basically and distracts her and she's never obviously gotten attention from a guy before even though she's, she's flustered yeah definitely she's cute. cute but like she guess i guess was so socially weird or whatever and then that's when millie runs in her character's name is not millie by the way this is just right. a parks and rec reference yep. <laughs> she runs in and like throws them away or something and and then tells the uh post office guy or she switches them out, gives the post office guy her set, wh- whatever it is, and tells. It's very elaborate, really, because then he tells. She tells the post office guy, "Hey, that girl dropped these, but she's flirting with that cute guy. So I don't want to interrupt her. Can you mail these out?" Oh, okay. So she thinks they're successfully mailed, but they're not. Right. And then. You know, it comes together where uh, Millie and that guy were in on it together, and they're walking away. And that guy's like, well, "Are oh. you going to show me your pizzanties or something <laughs> like that?" And she's like, "No." Yeah, classic move, I guess. <laughs> so, wait, so what exactly w- was their deal? I don't. Hey, you know. distract this girl, and I'll show you my underwear. I guess so. Does it? I mean, is that the underwear really she's worth wearing? It? I don't know. <laughs> I would hope. I mean, they I probably didn't want to go on. like too dark with it. I mean, I don't know that they want to imply like what that, <laughs> that she's, she's gonna like give them give him a pair. No, no, he says show me. I think. Yeah, okay, but so he calls them his aunties or his nannies or something like that. Yeah, I mean, is that something else? Maybe are we interpreting this term incorrectly? No, because I think there is another part where they're they're saying words like that in this movie. Uh, I don't know. It just seems insane. That a college dude would make that deal, but with that chick though, <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, I, I, I feel- think that chick could have offered me nothing, and I would do whatever <laughs> she wanted. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but this guy's like, I mean, he seems like he does all right. Yeah, it's weird. It's just supposed to be funny that he says pizzantes. Well, I that's guess. the thing. I think you can talk about a lot of things from this movie and say it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> Yeah, well, like this podcast, right. I guess. Um, so, ultimately, the um, invitations are not mailed out, and so now the Zetas are once again in danger of being shut down. Uh, there's some sort of campus meeting involving Christopher McDonald and uh, Beverly D'Angelo. I don't right. really know who these people are or what business they have shutting down a sorority, but apparently they have that authority. And that's when Shelly crashes the meeting and gives like this big speech about what her experience with the Zetas has taught her, you know, the whole thing about love and acceptance. And she's just like, hey, we need this many pledges. I want I want people in this room to pledge. Uh, you know, they get they need. Well, their whole I guess they need uh, 30. And so they get up their to whole platform ends up turning into like, you don't want to be a bitch. You don't want to be one of these hot chicks that's like obsessed with. You know, all this nonsense. We want girls who are just going to be themselves. You know, it's this whole campaign, kind of. Yeah, it's more about being a good person. Right. And the girls in the room start buying into it. Well, I mean, Shelly gives a convincing speech. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with this is the kind of scene that you need an Anna Ferris for. Because, like I said, I True. think with somebody else, this would have fallen a little flat. I think so. I don't even know who else would be in the mix. No one delivers a monologue in 2000 like Anna Faris <laughs> who else would even be in the mix for this part in 2008 it's a, it's a short list because I mean 
I guess you could say maybe like a Jessica Alba or something, but I mean, she has almost zero comedic ability. <laughs> I mean, it, that that's even being generous. I would say maybe like negative scale. But yeah, I mean, just Denise really, Richards. <laughs> I think she was maybe too old. By yeah, then. I think so. I don't know who. I don't know who this would even be. But anyway, Reese Witherspoon. This does have like a legally blonde feel to it. it. Does. Maybe Reese Witherspoon you know thought she was too good for something this trashy but <laughs> yeah probably correctly go fuck yourself Reese Witherspoon <laughs> yeah get over yourself um I like whenever she was like busted for drunk driving and she was like do you know who I am <laughs> that is legendary yeah. I will give her that um so they get up to 29 in the room and then Catherine McPhee runs in and gives birth to a baby um and the baby they, is going to be the 30th and Christopher McDonald <laughs> that is kind of funny where right. he's like uh no yeah i'm not doing it <laughs> so then one of uh Millie's like sidekick the other popular mean girl decides oh. she wants to join right yeah much to Millie's chagrin uh babyface turn yeah she took out the steel chair and hit Millie in the back <laughs> with it spray painted nwo on her back <laughs> No, she's even in Zeta. Yeah, <laughs> which would have been awesome. Yes. Uh, and then Oliver and Shelley reconcile because I guess he's impressed by her speech. Although it's like, why are you in there, Oliver? Do you yeah, even what go to this doing? college? Right. Are you like some sort of a? I guess maybe he's not in there. I don't know how they even reconcile. I don't know. Does she show up at the old person's home? Everything works out. I think she just shows up at the elderly care center. It's I don't possible think he's there. Um. A lot of forgettable moments in this movie, really. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like, I'm looking forward to getting to know the, quote, real Shelly, and it's like, fuck yourself, <laughs> oh, pretentious no. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I, no, the real like you how, is a real treat. I like how Anna Ferris has to, like, uh, give him the show. He needs to be wooed. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's probably, like, you know, sexually assaulting, like, the old women at that fucking... Yeah, elderly care facility because isn't that what always happens at like those fucking horrible places? Yeah, pretty All kinds much. of fucked up shit. It's, I, I I think it happens everywhere is what we're finding out. That's true. Yeah. Um, basically the film ends on a positive note where the Zetas and the new pledges are celebrating. Although it's like it's funny if you were like one of the girls that was going to be accepted and get an invitation and then you just don't get it because it just didn't arrive and then. Yeah, that's a bummer. All those girls that wanted to be in it aren't in it, and they just took these randos from this meeting. <laughs> right. And those girls that didn't get in are now going to think that it's because they weren't pretty enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So everybody's celebrating, and then we find out, you know, Shelly uh, has remained in close contact with uh, her friends at Playboy and Hugh Hefner and everything, and everything's great. Yeah. And that's basically uh, your movie. Um, a lot of random uh, cameos, as I pointed out, uh, a bunch of them, like Dan Patrick as a cop and Nick Swartzen as a Playboy photographer and the girls next door and Sarah oh, Underwood yeah. are at the Playboy Mansion, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, um, you know, the typical Adam Sandler movie where they sprinkle in people that aren't actors. Right, <laughs> which Always for some, exciting. I'm not really sure why they do that. I'm not, it, has it ever really been great? Other than that's my boy, which is a classic, yeah, <laughs> and is unbelievable, and nothing is wrong in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that covers it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, ultimately, 
I don't mind movies like this because I can separate. It's always fun to. I appreciate a wide array. Yeah. Of garbage. This one, it, it, it's a little tough because it's just like Cinderella. What the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tie it back in with the Cinderella story at the end, and she's like, "What's her name?" Cinderella. Oh, and it's like yeah. how it ends, basically. Right. It's like a callback to the monster voice. <laughs> it's like, good thing they called it back because it was so great the first time. <laughs> so good pick. So let's talk about Brittany. the Anna Ferris Chris Pratt divorce. Um, really, you know what's the most disturbing thing about it for me personally is it's just kind of so disappointing slash disgusting slash horrifying. <laughs> to see what passes for journalism these days. Oh, no, yeah. Especially, like, in our internet culture and all of these horrible things that are supposedly, like, news outlets but are really just, like, you know, pathetic, whiny blog things or whatever, opinion pieces instead of news. And it's, like, when it comes to, like, celebrity relationships and breakups, it's, like, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I, I I I can't really fathom why people care so much, but it's like it also. But like, if you're just a regular person, like you're not associated with some sort of website or news thing or something, and you're just tweeting out that you're upset that Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt broke up, then that's <laughs> you mean fine. you? <laughs> <laughs> no, my whole point is like I d- can't really imagine caring, but like, well, I think you cared a little bit, but like. You know, if you're just a regular person, it's one thing, but it's like it's so weird to me to see like people like how they react to this stuff. It I, is bizarre, but I get I guess it's just reinforced because their well, it's uh, just blog like act like, gets like a million hits or whatever. Well, they act like they have this personal investment in this relationship and it's just like That's strange. That yeah. it's so like truly heartbreaking and I just I, I mentioned to you yesterday that um, Jenny Slate and Chris Evans got back together and the way that I found out about it and read about it was the most disturbing <laughs> couple of lines I think that I ever read where it was like somebody click this link for a greatest moments podcast it was those the words <laughs> it was supposed to be like funny but it was like um, talking about like how they had you know made voodoo dolls and sacrifices to the gods of celebrity relationships to get these two back together and it was just like why what does that yeah i don't know it's It's so unfunny but it's also like they act like i mean i guess like maybe like in this weird kind of like world we're living in in 2017 where it's like well people think of like chris evans as like this jockey kind of guy even though he's not and Jenny Slate is kind of like this unconventional like comedian chick, and even so though people she's not. act like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. Like maybe you're, I the, you're the master of it all. You know. <laughs> maybe I should have. Well, he's not really like I, that. I don't know. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It just seems like people were like. They want relationships to exist for some reason beyond just like the happiness of two people involved. Right, like, which this is like so, like the relationship anyone in is a relationship isn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. But like, I don't know. It's just like it's so weird. Like the way that people carry on about things and the way that it's more about just like you know, I don't know. 
The only takeaway I really have is it does. There does seem to be something to this whole when someone, when a couple is on somewhat equal uh, plane in terms of like level of fame, and then one of them just like jumps to this next level. It there does seem to be some issues. Oh yeah, that arise from that. And I mean, there, I mean, there like, definitely was rumors of Jennifer Lawrence cheating for Chris Pratt right. when they were doing Passengers. I don't know if that's true or not. I, yeah. I have no idea. But If you were Chris Pratt, would you just let that rumor live on? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, who knows what the whole, the, the whole story is there. I will say that it's weird because there definitely was a time when they were together where it was like Anna Ferris was way more famous. Yeah. Than yeah. They've been together for a long time and she used to be much more famous than he was. Yep. And then obviously like parks and rec started to get more and more popular. And then all of a right. sudden he's in yeah. guardians of the right. galaxy and Jurassic park and all this shit. And it's like, well, see ya. I, although I kind of already feel like it's coming to an end. I think, well, I definitely think like, passengers in and of itself is just kind of a statement on like you how much of a movie star chris pratt is it's like well he we obviously already can't open that peak pratt as like an action star well that's the thing it's almost like a safer bet to be in that kind of a thing because um you can get involved in franchises like because now i'm sure True. the next jurassic park will be huge and it's like he almost gets credit for that and will then get to be in more movies whereas like if he was just like a regular actor, it's like if your next movie was kind of like a failure, then you kind of get blamed for it. But it's like you, you can kind of hide. He gets to be in Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic Park. So it's like, well, you get credit for these movies, even though anybody else could probably be in it and it would be the same because yeah, it's the franchise, not the people, but whatever. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. Cut this out. This the house is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And I like Anna Ferris, And now that... Although I think I already think she is dating somebody else, which is disappointing because yeah. I felt like I had a shot. If you can't, couldn't tell by uh, the things that I was saying during the podcast, I love the House Bunny. <laughs> Would watch it anytime. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you like this more or less than Idiocracy? Uh, more. <laughs> more or less than Thirteen Assassins? Uh, more. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that'll do it. Um, we're going to be taking a little break from the give us a seconds now that you've heard Twin Peaks part four, although I'm sure you didn't actually hear it because no one listened to it. Right. But <laughs> those will be going on a brief hiatus, so don't panic for all of you give us a second fans out there, you fanatics. I get your emails about it all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Um, that will, it will be returning, but we, we're taking a break to focus on full length episodes. And, for the rest uh, of the year, probably, right? Yeah, and probably even into the beginning of next year, too, because we don't really have any second topics on the docket right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, Well, who knows? Maybe some weird stuff will happen. Like we said earlier, there's going to be a couple more episodes this year. Um, some big, fun Christmas surprises for everyone. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll get back to the listener requests next year. And uh, thank you, Brittany, for the pick. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
sound. I rap at the door. My young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I say, no, let the boy watch. <laughs> let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father, the way he learned from his father. <laughs> 